radio transmission by me, Donald Dean. Make me an island. Hello and welcome to Make Me an Island number 26. My name is Donald Deneen and it being the Sunday of the August bank holiday weekend, today we're going to make holy the Sabbath and immerse ourselves once more deep in the river of song. So people, get ready, tune in, tag off and join the band. Hooray! Join the band! Hooray! Come along and join the band! Hooray! Join the band! Everyone will run, come join the band! Already join the band. Come along, come join the band. Already join the band. My big bull rat, come join the band. Already join the band. Run along, come join the band. Already join the band. Everybody come along, come join the band. Oh, righty, Reverend John Davis, I want to join your band. Now, more than a few episodes ago here on Make Me an Island on The Singer and the Song Part 1, we just dipped our toes in the river of song where the waters always overfloweth. Today, however, we're going straight to the source of one of the richest tributaries in the whole irrigation system, that being our own Shanos tradition. In the company of Ethna Nikahan, we're going to be mining for gold in the emotional landscapes of Connemara and Kulay. Our journey starts 5,600 kilometres away, however, in the Georgia Sea Islands. Apart from a similar effect in terms of the stirring of the soul, there is no obvious connection between these two a cappella song traditions. Except, perhaps, the adaptability of the act and art of singing to every conceivable circumstance and situation. No amplification, no instruments, no stage, just straight up faith and devotion, blowing one's trumpet in the name of the Lord. Throw me anywhere, Lord, in that old field. Throw me anywhere, Lord, in that old field. Don't care where you throw me, in that old field. Bless my Jesus for me, in that old field. Throw me anywhere, Lord, in that old field. Throw me anywhere, Lord, in that old field. Do me anyway. 
Formed to perpetuate the traditions of their enslaved ancestors, the Georgia Sea Island Singers have been singing as a collective for a century and more. Their music is communal, rising up from the oral tradition of black spirituals. The group's sense of interpersonal communion is palpable in every tale of biblical intervention and heavenly salvation. The unbridled passion and incorruptible faith is the fire in the blood of this extraordinary music. The power of song to transform a world of scarcity and hardship into one of sweetness and light. Oh, Moses, Moses, don't get lost in a red Smart your own and come across. Oh, in a red sea. Alan Lomax first visited the Georgia Sea Islands in June of 1935. There he met the remarkable Spiritual Singer Society of Coastal Georgia, as the group were then called. Already a decade on the road collecting songs and music, Lomax was floored by the sheer force of the storm whipped up by the ensemble on full power. He returned a quarter of a century later to capture the magic. The recordings are the basis for the 60-song collection Get In Union, which has just been released on Bandcamp. One unique element of the sound was the ring shout, a type of percussive devotional music common among enslaved people 
but taken to a whole different level by the Georgia Sea Islanders. Banned from using drums, worshippers clapped, shuffled and stomped to keep a syncopated rhythm. Distant echoes of the great drum orchestras and tonal talking drums of Africa pepper the sound. Voices from yonder and the sound of thunder. spirit that lies at the heart of this music of resistance is best illustrated by the sheer range of percussive power whipped up by nothing more than skin on bone. There's method to the madness as the singers clap in tenor bass and baritone tones made possible by the cupping of the palms, all done to accentuate the singing of the psalms. Sheep, sheep, don't you know the road? Yeah, the Lord, Yeah, Lord, I know the road. Now, old sheep, don't you know the road? Yeah, Lord, I know the road. 
One major change in the collective which Lomax encountered upon his second visit to the islands was the presence of a new de facto leader in the shape of the imperious Bessie Jones. Though their work was as a de facto collective, from the moment she arrived in 1959, her assured voice naturally commanded the foreground. Pure, warm and always delivered straight from the gut, the soft determination in Joan's voice summoned new power to the place where old ghosts meet in music and song. The irrefutable truth in every syllable strikes straight to the heart of the matter. Straight up, straight backed, straight forward, right on target, every time. Way down yonder, sometime, below the law, sometime, good from Mary, sometime, in his mother-in-law, sometime, let's get on board, sometime, I want to ball that jack, sometime, I tell my honey, come back, sometime, I want to rap that jack, sometime, I get a hop in my back, sometime, I'm going over here, sometime, going to get my pal, sometime, way down yonder. Sometimes they lose the law, sometimes they from marry, sometimes they his mother-in-law, sometimes let's get on board, sometimes I'm gonna ball that jack, sometimes I tell my honey come back, sometimes I wanna rap that jack, sometimes I get a hump in my back, sometimes I'm going over here, sometimes gonna get my pal. Bessie Jones kept singing her whole life because she recognised her testimony as a guard against the erasure of her people and their experiences. Growing up in poverty and making her way in a world without fortune or fame, she sang her way through long hours of fieldwork and child tending. Her rich tapestry of songs evoke the shape and colour of the crowded, impoverished, life-demanding, life-affirming and life-loving days of the community she held so close. Much the same as we will see when we encounter the Shanos singing tradition in situ later in the show, here there is no separating the singer from the song. You better mind how you talk and you better mind what you're talking about you got to give me a card at the jail yeah, you, you better mind Yeah, you better mind how you sing And you better mind what you're singing about you got to give me a card at the jail Yeah. 
you. You know what you promised God you would do. Now you gonna give it an account of the judgment. You better mind. You get it in the field. You don't want to fight. You join the church, but you won't live right. But you gonna give it an account of the judgment. You better mind. You better Before leaving the Georgia Sea Islands and saying goodbye to the incomparable Bessie Jones, I want to play you an example of her sweet voice in speaking mode. Here she is, extolling the virtues of one Bob Young, the community alarm clock responsible for raising up songs, the dreaded wake-up call. Hey, this one, Bob Young, he's out the way back up in Fitzgerald's side. You oh, know, I when see. I was very small, mm -hmm. see, and I met Bob, and uh, Bob knew me from a child on up, you know, from the time we got there until now, I say, he's a wonderful man. We stay in the same uh, Crown William place, I'll tell you about it, way out there, and he used to wake up the people's early in the morning, whole day, you know, so they can get ready for going to work. Quite nice to do his tapping time, and he was a, called a gum dipper, he was one of the great ones. They got some iron thing that they dip down in and get that gum up and put that in a bucket. Oh. And they go from tree to tree and get that. That's what makes many things that we use, you know, that rolls them okay. quite natural. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it makes taking time and spiritual and, and all kind yeah. of things out of it, you know. Okay. So that, he was one of the great gum dippers. And, and so he would get up early in the morning and he would uh, uh, get that uh, loud hoot. Call to wake up all the people so, so they could get up. He'd just go all over the country. You could hear him in Abbeville uh, when the wind be blowing that way. Oh, the people really? said they could hear him there. He was six miles. Oh, that man had a voice, I'm telling you, you stand up on that hill and throw his hands in his mouth and bruh, let me tell you something, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> he had a voice. He had a voice from the yonder. And and they were he's just loved by everybody too, you know, he's a wonderful guy. Was he a great he, big man? Big man. He's tall. He wasn't big in the stomach or nothing like that. That's a man. That's a, mm -hmm. that's a big, tall, full, good, solid man. One of men. <laughs> what yeah, you call yeah. yeah, he was a man. He wasn't all guts. And, but I mean, he's just a solid man, a mm -hmm. real man. Mm -hmm. And strong besides, you see. He gave him him holler in the, in the morning sometimes. And sometimes he called it in, in different ways, you know. Sometimes he holler, Nigga, raise up. Niggas raise and get your coffee loaded Lord Captain is a mean man Captain is a mean man Captain is a mean old doggone captain, loaded Lord. Niggas raise up, niggas raise up, niggas raise up and get your four day coffee. Lordy, Lord, 
I mean, in the mornings he would call like that sometimes. When he said, Lordy, Lord, it looked like you're falling down in your room. Mm -hmm. And then he would sometimes holler, let's, let's wake up. The preservation of these precious moments in time was the life work of Alan Lomax. Eight years before the Georgia Sea Island recordings were made, he initiated the World Library of Folk and Primitive Music project, which over time expanded to multiple volumes, countries and continents. In close collaboration with another great music collector, Seamus Ennis, he paid Ireland the considerable compliment of being volume one. Among the standout performers in the stellar cast he captured was Elizabeth Bess Cronin, whose legacy I will be discussing with Ethna in just a little while. But the unlikely star of the show was the travelling troubadour Margaret Barry. Before we hear her spellbinding rendition of She Moved Through the Fair, she first puts Lomax in his place, spelling out exactly where her priorities lie. Well, that's it, you see. It's a very, uh, an ordinary, well, it wouldn't be an ordinary because I'm sure that you have travelled like a lot of the country and you yet never met anybody like me that could say that I never loved any man. Only the one thing that I'm in love with, and that's music. Do you know when my banjo got broke, I cried for a full month. And when you start to cry over an instrument or music, I think that's it. You can even ask anybody that I needn't ask anybody. I'm telling it straight, truthful, from me heart and mind, the soul and the body. I cried over my banjo when it was broke. And you know that anyone criticised music or say, well, that's bad. That song is not good. That music is not good. No, it's just hateful and I don't like the way she sings that. Well, that's one thing that I do not like is to interfere or say anything about music. Because many people I often sit around Craig and Ben in the county Armagh. I often spoke to them about that. I said, well, you can ridicule anybody, say something about anybody, or say something, even myself. You talk about myself or say anything about me, it wouldn't worry me one bit. If you said to me now, well, you 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 don't look nice. Your teeth are horrible looking. All that kind of thing. Wouldn't worry me in the least. If you said, well, I'm going to you you I'm going to take a photograph of you. Well, supposing you took a picture of me, you say, oh, you don't look nice, oh, you're horrible looking. Well, do you know that that wouldn't interest me? I wouldn't be interested in that sort of thing. Good looking, bad looking, and that wouldn't worry me. But the music and the song, that's all. 
Just like Bessie Jones in her everlasting prime, the intimacy in Margaret Barry's voice feels so private it takes the form of something sacred. In its sweet surrender, another deep soul is laid bare. She is on record as saying she learned this song from a Count John McCormack 78, and it has an otherworldliness that the Count himself might find hard to explain. Ancient spirits awaken in her rendition. Barry had already spent many summers cycling her bike across the length and breadth of the land with her banjo on her back, moving through fairs, casting spells, and unsettling the natural order with words sung clear and true.
Margaret Barry's unbreakable bond with her craft lasted 36 summers more beyond her encounter with Alan Lomax. Once the travelling stopped, she became a revered attraction in London pubs where the diaspora gathered to keep the flame alive. Voices like hers were the golden thread that kept brittle homesick hearts from breaking. At a time in which traditional music at home was entering a prolonged slump, the collective imagination as expressed through the medium of song found its truest expression on foreign shores. At the same time as Margaret Barry held the streets of London in the palm of her hands, Joe Heaney was shining a light on the ancient Shanos tradition among the steep towers of Manhattan that were his equal in size and stature. His stunning version of Antirna Randall is where we'll start our investigations into the roots of the tradition with Ethna Nikahan as our guide. Same as with Bessie and Margaret too, Joe Heaney has a tight connection to the words he sings and a strong feeling for the people he's singing them for. Honestly, 
Here, dark is to aid a man of force. I Here, dark is to aid a man of force. A floor of a rogue. If you're a flash of a dunter. So that's Joseph Ohaney, uh, Joe Heaney, and with me is Ethna Nikahan. Ethna, um, I, the, the, the film Song of Granite, when, when you think of that title and you hear that song, it's not too, yeah, you see where it came from. I mean, there's, there's so much strength in that, there's so much uh, strength in that voice. Yeah, it's a it's a gravelly voice and a voice of granite for sure. You, it, it's a good description. Um, there's so much in in his voice, and I was kind of captured by it at quite a young age, really. Just yeah. especially Johini's voice. Um, yeah. Yeah, and 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 was it the first? I mean, was that sort of a a, a very early initiation into Shano's hearing Johini for you? Yeah. Um, we had a record at home, a Gaelin record, um, and I would have listened to Kirkina uh, Trabáine and Aran the Haskina there and Tierna Randall and lots of those old Shano songs. And um, they just really fascinated me. Yeah. When I was about 10 or 11 at the time, I remember, and I would have been singing, you know, Auron or Skull, like just songs we would have learned at school. Uh, I went to Gael Skull, um, but I wouldn't have had much. Um, exposure to Shannos until um, I was playing traditional music and um, the mother of uh, the family we, we were learning from, uh, Moira Riley was her name, so the mother of Michal, Makdara, Phelim, Anna and Nora, uh, they all taught us music but their mother uh, kind of took me under her wing a bit and and started introducing me to the likes of Joini and Darcho mm-hmm. Cahan and Sean McGonagher because um, I was going into the Flack Hills singing the likes of um, Roy Orbison in Irish that was translated in school and, wow. and the like. Amazing. So she was showing me the, the stuff that, um, introducing me to Shano singing. Yeah. yeah. And there was always something in Shano singing that I was very attracted to because it was something just completely different, you know, yeah. um, and not maybe initially very... Um, conventionally beautiful yeah. or in the way that you'd go oh, that's a beautiful voice but there was something saying the likes of Johini that you'd just be drawn in to this something quite magical in the turns of the melody and and the emotions in the songs and I think it was a gradual process of me just beginning to love that kind of uh, depth yeah. um, and being kind of intrigued by it and then later on getting to know a lot of people um, 
who would sing and sing in circles like this and share a song each at Fela Joenu in May over in Corna or Fela Eggshear Medine down in Kule yeah. and Arachthus um, Nagelga and all these places and and music sessions people singing and I, I just started really enjoying uh, the songs. Yeah, it yeah. kind of grew naturally. Yeah. Um, we'll definitely get back to Atlantean there. But uh, while we're in Connemara, I just want to play Darrell Cochran. And again, uh, you know, one of the most impressive voices that I've heard. He, um, so, so Connemara is, is really the center of, of everything, uh, Ethna. Am I right in saying that? Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of known as a Mecca in a way, like Corna, uh, especially in Connemara. Mm-hmm. Um within a mile radius to say there's just so many singers, mm-hmm. you know, just very much a normal part of life. Yeah. Um, and I love that these people were, you know, fishermen and, uh, yeah. you know, farmers and there's such, this, such a, a hold on a, on a very old tradition of singing and they'd meet and sing. And, uh, yeah, yeah it's a, it's a real st- stronghold uh, of the tradition for sure. And uh, it was definitely where I would have heard of, uh, as a place to go and hear yeah. hear the real thing, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just on that point, "Song of Granite" really is something that's. I mean, what a beautiful tribute to to the, to the form, right? Mm. And and Robert Kendrick, the the cinematography, Pat Collins directed, but it really situates the the music in, in such a um, a stunning setting, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, it's very interesting to to see the story as well of, mm. of this man of Joseph O'Haney and his life, and beautiful scenes. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, a masterpiece mm. of a film. I think. Yeah, a really yeah. genuine masterpiece. Um, so, so let's hear Darko Kochan, and uh, so this is uh, one that you'll all know pretty well, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, is Oroshe de Vahawalia? Oroshe de Vahawalia, Oroshe de Vahawalia, Oroshe de Vahawalia, Nishet Yakuntavura. All we let us never go again, Maramayin, Bonnie, Yashachten. Grind your wheels, the milty grindski, see the four girls from the valley. Or Rosheda, who are there? Or Rosheda, who are there? Or Ta grainu i legitjallar sala, ogli ar melli margarde, kvelli at hensni frontnats vanyagas kreshje duager valli. Orosje dave huale, darle munakid bovanje, orosje dave huale, nesit jakantavre. That's Darko Kahan. Any relation, Ethna? No. <laughs> <laughs> you claim him. Yeah. Um, the the uh, some of the things that distinguish Shanos, right? And I mean, I know you teach um, Shanos. So some of the things that distinguish it, um, maybe you could just explain. I mean, the the kind of nasalization that is a very much a part of it, right? Um, so mm-hmm. what's kind of going on there? Is there? Well, I personally. Um, wouldn't uh, be that interested in kind of 
specific uh, traits you know I think maybe the nasal thing is just kind of like the way some people would talk and yeah. it just translates into their singing yeah. uh, it is I know in some texts and when people talk about channels they say that's a kind of a, yeah. a trait but I've also heard people who don't do that so you know yeah. it depends on the person and the neither singer. of those do there really do they not really yeah, no okay. no um, but there are certain singers that you'd really hear that nasalization yeah so there there is an attempt to kind of I suppose you know get the traits of it and and nail them down but I wouldn't be so interested in that like I think just just beautiful um variances and differences between singers you know yeah. but definitely you do, you do hear some of that nasalization that people talk about yeah. yeah and what are those variations in between singers that kind of characterize one from the other well there's certainly the dialects and the areas for yeah. sure you know and uh, we're talking about the some Connemara singers at the moment um yeah and like the, their songs are very much uh, song stories, you know, and songs of the community and mm. songs of emigration, um, a lot of drownings, you know, things that were really part of life. Um, yeah. And there's, um, broadly speaking, I think um, I think it was Tony McMahon said uh, that you can divide Irish traditional music into three. You've got the gold tree, gown tree, and suan tree, and so. Um, they're, that's all in the singing. You've got gown tree, which are the kind of lively songs. You've got gold tree, which are the laments, and mm-hmm. you've got the um, suan tree, which soothe and lull. And lull. Okay. So they're all there in our singing tradition and in yeah. our in our, in our music as well. But um, so, but in terms of the the um, areas, you know, you've got those songs of the of the community and um, of people's lives and emotions for every occasion really you know? yeah and then you've got sort of more um standardized or what would you call it like on the time when the poets would be really uh, held high in society and they'd have very strict meter and those kind of songs where you'd have like ashlingy and those kind of songs mm-hmm. that would be quite they wouldn't be so much about stories that happen people but more about like um ireland being a woman and mm. um, that better days will come, the right uh, the right uh, ruler will come, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. And so there's lots of different types of songs and, and quite a wide sweep of time as well. Mm. So um, I sometimes think I'd like to delve into it more and get to know it. But yeah. we, we only kind of touch the iceberg, but there's so many different types of songs. Sure. You know? um, that's really interesting. Now, when it when it comes to, um, I mean, um, w- just go back to Connemara in a while. So, so mm. Stefan O'Coolon there that we're that we're about to hear. Um, there's um, what what was the one that you chose there? It's Oshé the Vamo, is it? Oh, Oshé the Vamo. Yes, it's a very common one. A very common one. I've heard so many different versions. Like Derek O'Connor's or Oshé the Vamo. I just love hearing, like possibly older and more more nuanced like versions of songs that we yeah. know well from school or that Darko Cohan's Oro Shea the Vahavali is just beautiful uh, oh I love this kind of full of energy you know uh, the way he sings it and the slightly different way he'd sing it to what we know from school yeah. but uh, Shido Amoy as well as Stefano Kulan singing um, that is just full of uh, life you know and vibrancy and yeah. sometimes the songs we've learned in Irish language at school, they just become quite standardised and a bit boring and we belt them out at Colossus Sowery or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but the um, 
the phrasing and the space and the ornamentation and kind of what he gives to the song is so uh, vibrant, I think, in this version. It's so vibrant. It has mm. tremendous soul, if yeah, you, if you it, want to soul, put it. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, so Stefano Kulin. She <laughs> I suppose that the kind of thing that, you know, when you're as, as a singer, when you inhabit a song and you, uh, you know, you live it and, and it feels like you, mm. you live it and it comes across. I mean, that's the epitome of that kind of thing in terms of, uh, I'd urge people actually to have a look at his performances because these are all TG Cahar videos that, uh, but um, yeah, he's, he's certainly one of those people, right? Inhabiting the song, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Live, living the song totally and, and it feeling like it's like yeah, yeah, a conduit for that. Ethan, yeah. um, when it comes to 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 what you said there about the you know the general themes of the songs, mm. right? Um, is there is it true to say that there is an element of them being sort of like you know also related to, to work in the sense of of obviously the practicalities of life on the western seaboard and mm. and so on and so forth is is that connection there it is for sure yeah i mean a lot of uh, fishing songs fishermen songs yeah um and and work songs just to keep um 
work light, you know. Yeah. Apparently, I've heard, I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard that there were a lot more working songs in our canon, say, of songs, um, but they've kind of died out a bit, whereas a lot of the Scottish work songs yeah. um, would be really strong still, and there'd be quite a lot of them mm-hmm. very common. But we'd, we'd have a few, like, uh, you know, churning the buttermilk kind of, yeah. all those... Um, chores would have songs to them you know yeah um which i think is just so nice to think that singing was just such a part of normal life that it wasn't anything special that one person did yes and that we all sat in rows looking at you know but that people would just be singing around the farm around the house around it just shows how musical we we naturally Mm. are you know because really when you th- okay so so really what it is is that i mean the, the music is very much situated in 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 daily life and in that situation so there's not as you said there isn't a stage of, of yeah. any description there isn't and, and like sh- when you see shano singers it's not the most natural thing for them to stand up uh, mm. and stand on a stage and sing although it's becoming more people are becoming more used to singing in front of people yeah. but you know it'd be much more about sharing a song in a company of 20 people in the pub and local or local house uh session or you know whatever it is a gathering and just closing the eyes holding someone's hand beside them yeah. uh, beside them and it's like a shared singing uh, situation where it's not really about about the singer as much as yeah the story and the song sure mm. yeah and that communicative aspect is is very much like inherent in it you know as in mm. even when we hear recordings i guess we're, we're hearing a version i mean mm. ian lynch was on one of the previous shows talking about you know mm. the value of being in the space of the singer and and how that works and how yeah. that feels and mm. really you're talking about something that is, in essence, that the form is about that. And then you kind of, I suppose, the experience, mm-hmm. if you could, would really be to kind of immerse yourself in that. I mean, I yeah. th- again, I would keep referring to Son- Song of Granite, but it very much gets that that aspect of it, I think. Where it's, yeah, well, for me, um, it, I didn't even listen to that much uh, singing on records. Like, mm. I, I did a bit, and it was definitely my way of learning songs, yeah. uh, CDs and records. Um but for the people performing, they probably weren't that comfortable or the, you know, the likes of Joe Heaney would have been, I'd say he'd be quite used to, he'd made a few records, mm. but um, there'd be so many singers that were never recorded, but that you'd hear them at, at a session or you get mm-hmm. to know uh, people just from going to festivals and the likes um, and you'd get to just love songs and you know that person would sing this song and... Um, and they'd be totally comfortable in in the pub, but getting them recording it is mm-hmm. so it's a different thing, you know. Yeah, because but, yeah, of course. Yeah. So I I would like just have got to love the songs really from hearing them and um, being sung by different people, you know, mm-hmm. around the country. Um, it's a shared a shared treasure, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, th- there's something that um, I I suppose um, when it is in those those kind of situations where, um, you know. The, the value of being in the same room as as somebody yeah. um um there was i i suppose in in song of Grand, one of the things that i was kind of touched upon was the fact that you know people like joe heaney went to america and darako kahan went to leeds i think and and such sort of operated in completely different cultures mm-hmm. and actually sorkini Kurum, which we might go to next um mm-hmm. ethna 
also um, immigrated. So, so I suppose the situation of like of taking you know your culture abroad and 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 I mean that that Joe Heaney story is so fascinating in that sense, in the sense of where he went yeah, with it. Yeah, and I suppose seeing what they had when they mm. were out of their usual environment, yeah. you know. Um, being in a completely different environment and location uh, and being kind of, and being quite exotic, I guess, you know, in some ways. Yes. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Maybe we can listen to Sorkin Nihurim, right? Um, yeah, she sings an amazing version of Undrine On Down. Just, yeah, uh, I mean, of, of all the pieces that he sent over, um, I absolutely love this. Um, yeah, me too. Really, really special. Um, um, is there anything about, about it that you would like to say, um, Ethna? I, I think she's it. just quite an unusual singer. Like yeah. I, I, I don't know anyone who sings uh, or sang like her. Um, sure, there probably are a few, but I think she had a very unique style. Um, and I wouldn't have a problem with putting her next to the likes of Billie Holiday or the likes in terms of just the yeah. way she... Well, cause can I say, yeah, because mm. to me it sounded like other music more yeah. than any of the other pieces. You know, and as I don't know. I'd love to learn more about her life, but I, I don't know that she have other musical interests or yeah. that but it does sound like um that that she had some other influences there now i i I'm don't i don't know yeah um so well look really uh, yeah absolutely so so beautiful okay let's hear it now harness the doish in here with ta sarakhani huirim alahid because here my other then it's really here to need to jogus piece of a garawin
hauntingly beautiful rendition and recording um, Ethna and uh, as we were saying there the the remarkable silence of the room yeah and then the big bowl of bus at the end yeah, yeah right you can you can just hear everyone listening yeah you d- I don't think it's a stretch at all to say Billy Holiday I mean I, I don't know who it was to me but it was just that there's a blues there's something there that's a, I don't know there's yeah, an extra layer of she seemed to me anyway 
she seems to really developed her style, her her, her own personal style. You yeah, know? it's quite unusual. Um, and these songs, I think it's worth saying, like they they don't sometimes come immediately to to the ear like easily, mm. you know. Uh, but I think they do after a little bit of listening and giving it a go. You just get into the songs and the singing, you know. Do you think that I mean what what it it does suffer from people probably having that block sometimes about yeah, which definitely. which is a common thing in with singing and singers. I mean, there's a there's a very subjective science attached to what you like and you don't like but Shanos does seem to have you know I mean from my own friends it's it takes a little bit of convincing and then once once you are introduced to the right given the right ingredients it's it's plain it's plain sailing who liked Guinness with the first taste you know takes a while Uh, so listen uh, so so we're going to go south for a while um, Ethna just to kind of move to Kool-Aid so Let's. I, I guess we should start at the beginning with with Bess Cronin, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we, we've we've spoken before many times about Bess. Um, there's a remarkable sweetness to her, to her voice, even though she was mm-hmm. she was quite she was an older woman when she was first recorded, and and then some of the recordings come come from quite late in her life. Mm, yeah, really sweet, really sweet, and and. Easy, easy singing, you know. Yeah. Um, Natural. Like you could, could just kind of imagine her just sitting at her fireside or yeah. uh, in her kitchen, um, and the recording that was made of her um, has that kind of easy style and just a few verses of songs. You know, like she must have had just hundreds. Yeah. Of, you know. She yeah. was. I mean, from from speaking to her granddaughters, mm. um, she was a repository of songs. I mean, that was what yeah. the most remarkable thing. Things was. The, the range that she had of songs of, of yeah. in both languages and mm. and uh, and the types of songs and and as Alan Lomax noted, you know she was somebody who had songs that nobody else had. Um, so the one you've chosen is. Time I think was the one. There's so many to choose from. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I like this one in particular. It's just a beautiful song. Um, I'm weary from lying alone so okay. a, a lot of singers uh, from that area sing it yeah um, so it kind of ties in nicely with the theme of the last one which is about the blackthorn bush right it's kind of well they're all uh, so many love, <laughs> love songs <laughs> they tie together unrequited, <laughs> yeah, love, songs. unrequited love songs tend uh, to stick yeah, together yeah on down the same if field. I were to go back to it though it's such it's such a yeah go back to it for a second it's I meant to ask it's just such you. a big song in the tradition you know and yeah. there's so, so, just so many different versions of, of the song mm-hmm. and it's the kind of song where there's verses thrown in um, f- that might be in other songs as well, but mm-hmm. it's like an amalgamation um, of a few uh, songs. Um, but the the versions, yeah, just so many different versions of it. I mean, songs aren't fixed things anyway; they kind of move around, right? But yeah, um, that's the thing in the in the tradition. Mm-hmm. When things aren't written down and that, people might remember a verse from one song mm-hmm. and then add it into another song. So it's this moving feast, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, but Undrying On Down would be known for that. There's just so many versions, uh, verses mm-hmm. and versions, but there's tons of verses and it could go on for a long time. I was you know? reading something the other day, Ethna, about a, another song completely, but it was like another Adam Lomax kind of collection song right. and uh, looking up the song. And it had been around for me. It's Three Little Babes, Three Little Babies, mm-hmm. but it had been around forever. 
And then the versions that kind of ended up in America tended to have the Lord and the Savior in them. And and, and songs get co-opted yeah. by religions, by different people, by different families, probably, you know, as in, you know, for different reasons, as in, yeah. hence the many variations on... Yeah, traditional they kind of songs. Use, use it for their own uh, yeah. version of events. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. Um, that's an interesting one in that it's in the voice of a, a woman, I guess, you know, it's not that many songs yes. be from the female point of view. So okay. it's, it's her singing, uh, it's a woman singing. Yeah. Um, and uh, and what she's saying? She's saying... Lots, because there's tons of verses. Okay. <laughs> but I think that the line General in it synopsis. that really stands out to me is Kegarbor they uncrown Clarin um being she shower of slower um so the the high bush or the high tree yeah. um it, it's uh it can be bitter in the middle um but the the low bush beside you that you can put your hand on uh you're not going for a kind of thing you know so she's telling him like stop going <laughs> i'm right here basically you know <laughs> <laughs> i get it now uh okay so uh, let's go back to to best cronin uh so yeah here we go I spied a van mad in great moon. I asked her the matter she quickly met and said, I'm weary from laying alone, alone. I'm weary from laying alone. As a woman in the wound, did you see an answer to your lumma? I was a headish girl, the murder. And could Sarah, the inch of the ling, I've been almost 
kind of kind of imagining the the situation and it's not hard to to, to imagine her by her fireplace in in those mm-hmm. recordings because again like i was saying earlier the kind of setting is in taking people out of that setting and recording them in a studio i mean it wasn't there were no studios at that point but yeah. i mean there's it's it's great that these songs were captured in such a way right yeah oh that that's a treasure to have her recorded i mean for a lot of singers um, that's a huge source, Elizabeth yeah. Cronin's um, yeah. book and CDs, and I yeah I've learned lots of songs from her singing. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and all the verses she has, and apparently um, there was a link with Scotland, and that there'd be some labourers going down to that area, you know, and she would have picked up the likes of Bonnie Blue Eyed uh, Blue Eyed Lassie, and um, that's one I I would sing myself, and yeah, I just picked up a lot from her. Yeah, mm. um, is singing it? You don't want to sing, no. I don't mind. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. God. Well. Do you want to sing it? That would be amazing. Uh, I'll see if I remember all the verses. Okay, it's yeah, been a yeah. while. Okay. No <laughs> I didn't worries. Recorded it years I f- ago, but uh, I'll give a few verses anyway. Um, amazing. How can I live at the top of a mountain without money in my pocket or gold for to count it? Ah, but I would let the money go, all for to please her fancy, and I'll marry no one but my bonny blue-eyed lassie. She's my bonny blue-eyed lassie, with an air so sweet and tender, her red rosy cheeks, and her waist so neat and slender. I'd roll her in my arms, and fondly I'd embrace her. But how can I love her when all my people hate her? Ah, some people say she is very low in station. And more of them say she'll be the cause of my ruination. Ah, but let them all say what they will. To her I will prove constant still. Until the day I die, she will be my own lovely lady. And 
gently swims the swans o'er the dark streams of Elchel, and sweetly sings the nightingale all for to be altered. In the cold frost and snow, the moon shines so deeply, but deeper by far between me and my true love. A few verses anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I asked. <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh my God. Wow. Uh, so best Cronin so like for for I mean she really is the center of 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 something in terms of of isn't she I mean what the the recordings of of her I mean it's definitive yeah um a lot of people would refer to her as as a source for sure and um just just a huge richness of songs yeah, yeah. And, and breadth like you say like d- different types of songs little work mm-hmm. songs little ditties quite silly fun mm-hmm. songs just that mm-hmm. are full of rhythm and cups uh, say yon for the war boss only war in there she so so draw yon cooking andy nandy cooking andy oh cooking i'm just giving a tiny bit but yeah, yeah like those nice little ditties I, so I always loved the fun in her yeah. songs and then she'd have the big kind of the like we call them the Howron War, like the big big Shano songs, mm-hmm. um, full of uh the big stuff of life, <laughs> yeah. love and immigration and sadness and all that. Yeah. And and uh, quite a lot of English songs as well, which is yeah. kind of unusual, I guess. Yeah. Um so we both got to experience firsthand um, you know, her her grandchildren, Eilish and Josephine singing, mm. right? And uh so last year, um we myself and Miles O'Reilly got to go down um there and and spend time and went to Aigsha Dearmidine actually so I mean maybe um, maybe we'll just listen to the sisters first of all and yeah. uh, some of their magic and singing Gogok Aurin Bui Ta Gog Aurin Bui Come is Min Shuk Fainga Min Shuk Fainga Prishan Shidan Kriyanamma Dortevalla, Dortevalla, Nilotte Gumma growing either. She's him hatter, Gaurin vui gamis min chuk vainga min chuk vainga Prishan shidan krinam ma dorte valla dorte valla Nilot gama growing here that she simhatta she simhatta Legma hatta tree dear for de valla for de valla Tagagar <laughs> 
Eilish Nihuma and Josephine Cullinan live uh, last year for St. Patrick's Festival um, here in Dublin. And um, Ethna, um, they're powerful that they, obviously they didn't lick it off the stone quite clearly. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, they're full of songs, the pair of them. The, the area is, uh, from going to Aig to Dermadine, um it really is, we will say, the essence of a place that has songs as a currency. That seems to be one place where you can very much still feel how that is part of how it works, right? It's yeah, for sure. They mean they're meaningful and 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 they're in their in their the way they're given and received. Yeah, and just a place to to be together in that space of song. You know, I yeah. think that's that's what's always been the most powerful thing about these songs for me is how they're they're shared in in a room and yeah. how uh, people spend time together, not necessarily talking, you know, or catching up. But but sharing that too, but like but sharing real quality time, Lis- mm-hmm. listening as a group is something that's so it's such a great connection and and a uh, way to share time and way to share space. You know, I think yeah. that's yeah. You can hear that in in singing of that area. It's just so rich. And, yeah. and I mean, it's still it's it happens in Dublin in places like the Goldine, yeah. right? Um, yeah. But there, we you know, it, it's still very much part of of let's say daily life for want of a better term is in it's it still goes on on a regular basis and it's very much like you mm-hmm. know still being passed down to the next generation um was lucky enough to see some of the performances of the kids and the same as when you go to the willie clancy and you see the kids on the streets early in the day i mean there's something really reassuring mm-hmm. about how strong the tradition is yeah ho- hopefully it'll continue and 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 that there's that respect held for the people who hold the songs like that are there, there's, there, are not so many left, you know. With mm-hmm. it's the same with the language in terms of people with severus, you know, with with such richness in in their turn of phrase and everything, and they should be held in such high esteem, you know, because mm-hmm. that because the more we can learn from them now, the more we can carry on. Um, and I think it is it is so strong and great to see so many young people uh, taking interest into such a high standard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's I suppose the special thing about generations that have gone before it's just such unwatered down it's just such a strong mm-hmm. it's all held within their livelihoods and their their ability 
um, to convey with with the language, especially in terms of say, singing Shannos. It's just all about the richness of the language, and that's all just so so unwatered down. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So the pure drop in, yeah, essay, in essence. Yeah. Um, speaking of of being young and really talented, right? So it's a good way to go yes. on to Irla Leonard. Uh, so Irla, another um, descendant of Bess Cronin. Um, so I have to confess, right? So this uh, version of Ashland Gal is uh, a young teenage, for, uh, or maybe even younger. No, you do you know. I'm what not age? sure what age. I, I think okay. twelve or something, but I couldn't. I would have to find out. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, and and yeah. with setting in Seanaria, there's Ashland Gal. So uh, anything you want to say about it before we? Oh, hear it's it just then? pure magic. I mean, I I I, I remember this song since, since I was very young. Um, this little boy's voice. I didn't know it was Earl Lynn at the time. I've, yeah. I've since got to really enjoy his singing and got to know him a bit. And and you know. But but back then, it was this beautiful little angelic voice, but also this gorgeous uh, way of singing. And um, I suppose Padre Oriad and, and Cor Huleiro was um, a source of magic for me. Like when I'd hear them, yeah. I'd just be transported. And it's that like kind of hair at the back of your neck kind of yeah. just beautiful, beautiful uh, singing. Um, yeah. Male choir from Kule, you know, Cor Kule, yeah. all singing together. And then there's this little boy's voice. And um, so I think this is Padre's arrangement or okay. you know playing in the background and then Irla Olinard as, as a youngster singing Ashning Yal. So I would say that whatever your tracks are at the moment you'd be prepared to be stopped in them. <laughs> <laughs> Jim. 
Pure beauty, yeah. Um, the recording, Padre Arida's hand there in, in the recording, I mean, it's exceptionally well put together. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, it almost, it takes on some kind of magical quality, that tune, I think, that, I mean, for for, <laughs> for obvious reasons, it is yeah, what it is. It's, it's, the melody in it is so beautiful anyway, and it's an Ashling, it's a song of kind of mysterious endeavours yeah. happening in a, in a, in, in the, in a foggy, Glen, you know. So that's that. That is the Ashling. essential nature of the Ashley. Yeah, it's where where um, the poet, I suppose, meets a a, a beautiful a woman. Vision, yeah. A vision has a vision, yeah, and asks her, you know, um, what's going to happen. Basically, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's it's a kind of a song of hope um, that the right king will come. Um, yeah. Yeah, in the days when we were being uh, oppressed I guess it was a song of, of hope and that Ashling has that beautiful form of a mystery attached to it so the Oriola family I mean there there was something that turned up in the Bob Quinn Quinn in the Bob Quinn um, film um, Atlantean that really struck me something that Sean Oriola said right so I'm just going to play it I don't know if you'll be able to hear it there um, so let's just hear what he says here Sean Oriola that's not alone is Irish music not European music, but it is quite remote from it. It is indeed much closer to some forms of Oriental music. Therefore, the first thing we must do, if we are going to try and understand it, is to forget all about European music. Its standards are not Irish standards, its style is not Irish style, its forms are not Irish forms, and so on. The simplest thing would be 
if we could listen to it as if we were listening to music for the first time, with the child's new mind, as it were. Failing this, it might help if you think of Indian music, if you've heard it, and try to think of it in those terms rather than in European terms. Um, I love what he says there about trying to listen to it from a child with a child's mind, because yeah. there is that element of kind of like surrendering to it. I think yeah. um, we're going to get on in a little while, Ethna, to those strands that kind of you know are, are you know, I suppose um, it kind of reminds you that that this is something that you know there's there's not just Ireland really when it comes to this type of music because it's in other music and it's in Arabic music. Yeah. Uh, and 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 uh, I'm going to play you an example in a while of of something that comes um, from Asia, mm. but but there is that kind of um, just when we when we just hearing him say that there we kind of have to surrender kind of our preconceived notions when you're thinking about channels it's something unto itself to be understood yeah i think it's so much i think about when i think of these kind of things but you know there's a sort of a homogenization or um in our musical minds and our musical education really and what we listen to is so narrow really you yeah. know and and we have ideas of what scales sound right and you know, it's just, and one of the things you're doing with this, with introducing us to different types of music is broadening our musical palette, you know, yeah. and there's just, just so much under the umbrella of music that we don't explore. And I think it's really good to broaden the mind and the ear. And yeah. I think what Sean Ria they're saying there is, is, is spot on. It's like, uh, it's a little bit like when people say of the Irish language, it doesn't sound like... Um, it doesn't sound like it's. It doesn't sound like it's written, you know. And you're kind of going, well, what's your reference point? You know, yeah. It's a different language to English, and and to you know. So you have to kind of let go of things, you know. Yeah, surrender a bit. to it. Yeah, surrender. And it's the same with with channels and with music. You know, it, there's there's a whole world, and and generations of time that goes into these songs. You know, and they come from places that maybe we don't readily know, and uh, so it's. Uh, it's so kind of exciting when you think of it like that, you know, mm -hmm. to, we're, we're used to kind of European um, modes and scales and mm -hmm. and our ears are accustomed to that, but we can get used to other types and, and we experience different things mm -hmm. when, when we do let ourselves get, get um, have those sounds coming into our, our yeah. ears. Yeah. yeah, open the door. Mm. Um, before we go and open the door ever so slightly, I just want to play mm -hmm. a couple of things. Um, I would love if you could. One of the tunes that you, you, we, we were hoping to play was Padre Canavan. We didn't find a, mm. a recorded version. Padre being the father of Salog and Owen. Um, the, and Warren, I think. And Warren. Mongoose. Okay, yeah. oh, wow. <laughs> um, none of whom licked it off the stone. <laughs> uh, so, but you're instead, uh, Ethna, I'm going to ask you to sing a second song, Eleanor Naruin. Um, so, so the provenance of this song comes from where? I, I would have learned it from a recording again of of, of uh, Padre Canavan. Mohit Dan Tail, I think his, his album is called. And also from Shosavo Haynig's um, record at home mm -hmm. <laughs> that we had. So. Yep. Uh, Eleanor Naroon uh, is a beautiful love song, uh, surprisingly and um, unusually, uh, with a with a kind of a, a happy ending where she where she the man asks Eleanor will she, will he come will she come with him, and uh, she says yes. So it's an unusual spoiler song. alert. Sorry, spoiler, <laughs> spoiler. That's the last line. <laughs> That's it now. I don't need to sing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's uh, great. 
Beautiful, Efna. Um, thank you. Um, You're welcome. That was one of one of the first songs I really fell in love with. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so you're still early on when you're you're singing in. Where was that? Yes, kind of? I I'm not quite sure when I I, w- I would have been singing in the likes of Flannacoul and that, and even though I kind of hated them, you know, competitions I sort of hated. Yeah. I'd, I'd freeze up. I'd be playing the fiddle in a fiddle competition in front of an adjudicator, and I'd freeze up, and I couldn't play, and never felt a good to do myself justice so it's very frustrating that way um, but also you know with the hindsight of years you kind of see yeah. it was a bit of a, a good way to learn how to sing in front of people as well yeah. um, but I would have been singing and learning songs around that time from 10, 11 kind of time you know and yeah. and just what's required to remember a song and to, to, to yeah, do it properly um, mm. can you quantify that it's quite a lot right there's, there's a lot involved I mean you, I know you teach so yeah, um, I, I think singing a song a lot. I always encourage people when I'm teaching people really just to try and and sing in front of a few people. You know, yeah, uh, it's great practice, and you get more and more used to it. Uh, but it's very hard to do um, to jump into for some people, especially. Um, but I suppose I was quite lucky in that at school and through um, just gatherings and house parties and festivals I did quite a lot of exposure to just people saying Ethna sing a song and yeah. I got quite used to to just turning up and doing it you know yeah. um, so even just through singing you can you get little tricks I guess as to what will bring you on to the next verse or the next line okay and, so, so I there's mean, a the kind story, of a visual element to, to, to yeah, when, you're, when you're singing for it. me it's it's a lot about the story if I'm in t- if I'm in touch with the story I know what comes next you know yeah um, and sometimes you get stuck with a verse and you go you, the second before you have to come in you, you just remember what you yeah. need to sing but yeah the story um, will tell what the next verse is often and then does that, yeah, it'd be interesting to really think about it. I haven't much, yeah. but there are, I think, little visual things going on in my mind as well. Of one word at the end of a verse, then will spur me on to little points next, of yeah. landmarks within it. Yeah. yeah, and but just I suppose I mean we're talking about dedication, really, to 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 to, to making that. Uh, yeah, a lot of singing stick. in the car and yeah. you know going for walks, whatever. I might be turning over a few verses, yeah, and getting used to them. Yeah, mm. uh, Ethna. Just when it comes to um, you know looking outside of of our own country and and mm. and in particular to go to what you recommended to watch, which is Atlantean, mm-hmm. Bob Quinn's film. I have to confess that it was something that I should have done a long time ago, um, really, because you know I have a lot of interest and in, and throughout the 
lifetime of the show thus far that we've had little bits of Arabic music and yeah. and it's really stunning to to hear and uh, Bob Quinn's thesis and and it's something that takes a bit of getting used to so I would really urge people to go check it out because mm-hmm. it's in four volumes the first volume um, which I watched twice is on YouTube full version yeah um, as well as an incredible insight into the places and the people that we are talking about, the faces and the and and the landscape, yeah. you know, just as much as Song of Granite really captures that in a very poetic way, retrospectively, um, in mm. in in Atlantean, there's real evidence firsthand of of some of those people. In fact, is yeah. it Podigo Kulan? Is in uh, Stefano Kulan? Stefano, uh, sorry, in it, as does likes to translate. A young Stefano Kulan, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a bit of a wild watch. I mean, it, it's it is. just wow. Yeah, I, I I watched it years ago. I think it was my early twenties, and I just watched it last night, remembering. I suppose when people talk about channels and they often mention it doesn't really sound like anything they've heard before. Yeah. They might reference the likes of Arabic music or Indian music. And I always think of Atlantean and I need to watch that again. And I, I did yeah. last night, just uh, refreshing yeah. uh, myself. It's good. Yeah, it's a while since I watched it. And it's fascinating. Um, you really, I mean, even apart from anything to do with what we're talking about musically, yeah. there's 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 facts in there, such as in uh, the Arabic word for Jesus is identical to Isa. Isa um, yeah. I mean, there's connections in ninth-century Arabic art with with Celtic art. Yeah. There's um, and so and yeah, lots of quotes that I pulled out. Galway had wool, had wool. Spain had wine. Yes. Um, it was in the 16th century. Somewhere in the 16th century, there was 600 Spanish boats in in Galway Harbour. Now, yeah. if if it if it needs explaining, really, it's just it it is. Uh, the sea is very much key to his thesis that there was connections between North Africa yeah. through Spain. Apart from the sea separating places that had actually joined up. Yeah, actually, places, yeah, there were some lovely uh, quotes about what the sea does. That it's not a barrier; it's it's mm. actually something that gives you sort of access to other cultures and and the mixing. So, just as a little tiny example, um, just one little piece uh, that he recorded in Morocco, which I think very much kind of illustrates what we're talking about there. I mean, there's there's several examples throughout it. There's actually there's fascinating footage of a group of Moroccan musicians coming to what looks mm-hmm. like, I guess, was it the Galway Arts Festival? I don't know what yeah. the what the reason was. Yeah, must have uh, been. Must have been mm. surely, <laughs> but. Um, when you hear things like that, you just think, oh my God, it's just so close. I know. And, and I never really, before I watched Atlantean, knew what the reason for that could be. Now, it is yeah. a, it is a thesis. Um, a, lot, not, a lot of it would need to be, you know, proven more and that. But yeah. I think... Uh, I, I can't I can't uh, deny, though, that there's something that rings true in it for me. Yeah. That... Um, if it's true that there was, and it, it seems to be that there was a lot of trading going on, that whole Western seaboard from yeah. North Africa right up to Iceland. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> right, like, uh, right up from North Africa to yeah. Iberia, Ireland. So Ireland was really apparently like quite a, a route along this um, trade, trade yes. seafaring yes. people. And Bob Quinn's kind of uh, thesis is that our ancestors were um, 
possibly not Celtic like we often think of, of kind of coming from Eastern Europe and, yeah. and traveling over to Ireland but like much more related to North African which is absolutely wild yeah. And, yeah. you know but it kind of you know makes sense that maybe North Africans were trading a lot with Spanish Spanish were trading a lot with Ireland uh-huh. and that Arshano singing and Shano's dancing has a lot of similar elements yeah. to North Africa yeah. and the people from Berber you know so yeah and he, it, it, there's some wonderful connections actually with the with um, with the dancing and and mm. with flamenco as well right um, but um, yeah it's I mean it's 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 a theory I mean within it I think it takes a second viewing to even get a grasp on and where he's going with some of the of the strands of the connections yeah and I think the third the second and the third and the fourth volumes would have been really yeah. There's there's a, there's two things I was thinking about with this is that like I think that that connection is is quite likely um, yeah. that we picked up elements in our singing um, from this trading trading kind of um, yeah. also I think like you sent me something from Asia you from know, Cambodia yeah from maybe Cambodia. we can just yeah we'll have a listen to that in a sec but and tell me I can't help thinking like that maybe there's a lot of similarities with vocal traditions just around the world yes. just kind of had similarities that mightn't mightn't have met each other at all <laughs> yeah exactly there's that no there's a, something in the human expression and the human voice that might come out similarly around the world um, because yeah. this is extraordinarily like yeah, yeah something absolutely so, so, so what well. that, that, that more or less kind of explains in advance of what why was going to ask you after I play it which okay. is that I guess that it may not okay so songs aren't fixed and and mm. and oral traditions they merge and it's like water where it you know it mm. becomes something else once it meets something mm. um but it not necessarily would have to have a pathway between something for something to be similar to something especially when it comes to laments or to song or yeah that like these human would be emotion kind of expressing itself exactly all over. like languages just growing up all over the place yeah it's fascinating so smart is a form of buddhist chanting and it's s-m-o-t in cambodia so let's just have a quick listen and uh บ่ได้ดังโกนนึกคลอยสายปุ้นไปไกลตั้งปีโกนกัดเอ้ยมีนารุกาย <laughs> ลงมาจังควลควายเอ้ยแทรงเอ้ยสางเอ้ยอ่องอ้อลมจังเอ้ยวิ่งแสงล้น
นสมกวงอันจะลีเลิกหัดแจงปีบนต้นปราณบ่งกุมบาดเจียเอ้ยเปลี่ยงเส้นสารตุกขงปนมานสมปรองในมาจังเอ้กาลโกนตรยมลงจงมกนอมตรอกองใบเรียงบอมเปกนดยปรำไพร And so it says, it says, smart chanting is essentially practiced during funerals and the dead festival of Chom Ben in Khmer in Cambodia. And the similarities, just in in, I mean, there is in fact, if you if you if you look this up on YouTube, S M O T funeral chanting Khmer. Cambodia, you'll see this man singing that song, and um, but the ornamentation in the parts of it there, Ethna, sure you, you would recognize very much similarities there, right? Oh yeah, you could take bits of that out and paste them into and the way he holds the notes, the grace notes that we're you know we were yeah, talking about. Yeah, very similar. Like this a song that I loved, um, that I love singing, Aim in the Knick, um again from. Shosovahini and he would do a lot of of ornamentation like that. Like the first line, I just can you do it? No, you know that just that way that all the grace notes and ornamentation, um, just using the voice in. Very similar way, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm looking at it from the point of view of somebody who doesn't sing or, or, or read music, but like the shape of the notes is what mm. is what I can see is very similar. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And and, and where they reach and and yeah and again, I'd urge urge people to go check that out because seeing him, obviously, it's 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 a very much and more it's a queener, in, in, really, isn't it? A queener, it's, yeah. It's look, and also, you get the translation of the lyrics, <laughs> some of which funny. are very funny. <laughs> Cleaning up my shit without disgust. <laughs> I mean, that's what you want, right? So uh, real stuff. <laughs> Um, Ethna, it's been such a pleasure talking to you, and and we've gone um, in in a direction where I think I think we've we've travelled some ground there. Um, it's been great fun, yeah. I don't often get to talk uh, so much about the whole yeah, arc of yeah, and it, it well as as yeah. often happens when you open a door, I I want to find out more, so we're going to have to invite you back. Mm. But there is um, also, I mean, you perform and you you record as Inik, right? So there's like. Uh, you know, you have a whole different life there going on, but there is mm-hmm. some elements where you bring what what we're talking about here into those shows. And I've seen you play these yeah. shows, and I've seen you perform. And and in mm-hmm. fact, I think I'll hold it to a promise before we go that we'll we'll do an Any K version, and we'll go downstairs <laughs> to Brian Walsh, my drummer. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it all happens in this building, uh, but um, so. 
Uh, yeah, anyway, I won't ask you a question about, about bringing that in there, but you do do that, and, and, and I suppose it's something that, you know, it's many strings to your bow, but it's... Uh, yeah, like, the, more, the older I get, the more I realise, like, it's, music is an ongoing journey, you know, mm. and it's just, um, unfortunately, sometimes we're, we're kind of um, it, uh, bottled in quite young into saying yeah. what you do and what you, you know, what your style of music is, and in a way... It, like I, I think of music as part of life, and I'll, I'll be, I'll be hopefully with music for many days to come. Mm. Um, and yes, I grew up with all this music as my main kind of um, uh, palette, I guess. And where I come from is very much informed by that. Um, but I really enjoy with uh, Inie K branching out into into other sides of my creativity and, yeah. and my musical aesthetic. Um, so it's a very strong part of it, yeah. And it's it's just such a wonderful thing for me to be so um, engaged and related to such a long line of, of tradition. It, it brings a strength, you know. Yeah, surely is the golden thread in that rich mm. tapestry, which, you know, you're, you're mm. weaving. Um, yeah. But also, I mean, you know, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, you describe it very well there. I mean, there is something about... Uh, sort of being able to rely on that solid base of so much, a river of song yeah. underneath you. And it comes yeah. out in, in, in beautiful ways, yeah, in, in, in how you even, write, okay? And, oh, uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it, it does. In how I write, I think the melodies are very informed by mm. channels yeah. and by tunes as well, because I played fiddle like since I was four years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and the melodies, just they just become ingrained in you. So I think there's, there's melodies that come out that wouldn't otherwise, you know, yeah. if, if that wasn't my main um, yeah. education in music. And, and what we're talking about there a minute ago about countries okay and Mm. and the way kind of you know something flows and and through one place and comes back to another Mm. and it's different yeah I mean you kind of I suppose as a producer and a writer and and a singer you're kind of embodying different things that you've absorbed right and and the essential huge thing being the the early part and now as you branch out and I I mean I know from 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 knowing you that you you, you know you love African music you yeah. love all sorts of music yeah so I mean that journey it's like I mean yeah there's always so much to explore and to do and that it's, and uh, yeah. being able to do that's great freedom yeah the freedom is the thing in there mm-hmm. um Ethel would you mind to close um to reach into that bag of, of songs and one of whom I know you play in the UK shows, but this is yeah. Scottish. So let's see, I mean, yeah. the Scotland's come up here in the conversation. So we spoke a little bit about working songs earlier and, and I was saying in the Scottish tradition, there's quite a lot of working songs still commonly sung. Um, the first one of these is actually a work working song and it's a walking song, W-A-U-L-K-I-N-G, uh, women making tweed when they'd be like um, keeping the work, uh, keeping a rhythm to the work um, mm. and all around in a circle around a table, singing this this these kind of songs so walking yeah. song and Lovely. then the second one is a dance song so they're put together um i learned them from christine primrose who's a wonderful singer from uh Loesch, lewis island i learned it from her at a workshop in the isle of sky years ago and i've been singing them since beautiful <clears throat> Ivi avi uvi avi shin the love of ore hyanik Ivi avi uvi avi shin the love of ore Ivi avi uvi avi shin the love of ore hyanik Ivi avi uvi avi shin the love of ore Yanin stena khola mi khator mi fo ad ore hyanik Yanin stena khola mi khator mi fo ad ore Yanin stena khola mi khator mi fo ad ore hyanik Yanin stena 
Fuada mi chator mi fuada vora Givi avi huvi avi Shin the love of vora Yannik Givi avi huvi avi Shin the love of vora Givi avi huvi avi Shin the love of vora Yannik Yannin shtena Fuada mi chator mi fuada vora Donald do it on the lake, you knock the toy der vorig, Yannick. Donald do it on the lake, you knock the toy der vorig. Donald do it on the lake, you knock the toy der vorig, Yannick. Donald do it on the lake, you knock the toy der vorig. Evi avi uvi avi, shin the love of vorig, Yannick. Evi avi uvi avi, shin the love of vorig. Evi avi uvi avi, shin the love of vorig, Yannick. Donald do it on the lake, you knock the toy der vorig. Shimmer at high year of my yummy heen when yan and banish. Shimmer at high year of my yummy heen when bossing. Shimmer at high year of my yummy heen when yan and banish. Shimmer at high year of my yummy heen when bossing. Evie avi, uvi avi, sheen the love of Oregonic. Evie avi, uvi avi, sheen the love of Oreg. Evie avi, uvi avi, sheen the love of Oregonic. Shimmer at high しめろとこんなみえしめろとらいみしめろとこんなみえもいるファンの灰しめろとこんなみえしめろとらいみしめろとこんなみえもいるファンの灰こんなみえなくってけんなくってけんなくってけんなくってけんなくってけんなくってけ
The beat returns on episode number 27 when we take a return trip to the heart of the Congo in the company of Noel Sumbu. Stay tuned. Make me an island.